hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chats. I am Bobby Sampson, and with me, as always, is my man with the master plan, Mr. Chance, Michael Chance. How's the weekend treating you so far, brother? Pretty good, man. How about yours? Can't complain, man. A uh, little bit of a hiccup here and there, just dealing with some things with little Miss Miss. Uh, other than that, everything is beautiful in this world. Uh, grateful for everything that we have and uh, everything that we're going to get as we keep going here but hey before we get going any further everybody who's listening and anyone who's kind of just tuning in or wanting to check us out take a moment right now to just go down to the bottom of that screen i'm looking at that little corner right now myself please just subscribe and like and uh like i said we're, we're getting some numbers now we're getting a little bit more traction it seems so we kind of want to keep building off off of that uh the more subscriptions we get the more better content we can produce uh, allows us it gives us more freedom to do more things that we really want to do and to get out for you guys so please it takes what what would you say chance two to five seconds about that yeah right like, i'm asking right sure. so we're right we're asking for two to five seconds of your day and the time that you take to listen to our show obviously but two to five seconds just go down there and subscribe and that that's it and also it's share it. the videos too share the video to your friends pass it around you know absolutely Absolutely. Get us out there, man. Um, we're working hard. We want to work harder. Uh, so allow us to do that so we can create more and more better content as we grow. All right. So that being said, thank you for listening to that. Uh, yesterday, it started early in the morning and it went almost to 11 o'clock at night between the FA Cup. Yay, Liverpool. Um, Congratulations, man. Yeah, congratulations to you and your Oilers as well. Uh, so we had a lot of game sevens. Um, the right teams won, I think, in all those series. Yes. Um, some might argue with the Leafs, but hey, you know what? Tampa's two-time champion. I, I think they should have gone through. They yeah, the, the right team won. Poor Leafs, though. Every year they get their hopes up and they just choke every year. It's, I don't even know if it's a question of choking. It's just like, how, how does Toronto end up with Tampa? <laughs> Unlucky, man. I know. You know, like of all the teams to get, right? So things are shaping up. Um, well, if Calgary, if Calgary beats Dallas tonight in game seven, you're going to have the Battle of Alberta, right? So I think it's going to be an amazing series, but I feel sorry for the team who comes out of that because waiting at the other end will probably be Colorado. Yes. Um, they're my, loaded. My year is not to the hockey ground as it used to be, but I know this much. I think Colorado will come out of the West. No disrespect to the Oilers. But no, they're I think, the favorite. That's fair. They're the favorites. No, I, I just see it happening, and especially more so if the Battle of Alberta takes place. If that happens, no matter who comes out of that series, they do. It's just they're going to be too beat up, man. Oh, banged up, bruised up. It's going to be brutal, man. It's going to be a fun series to watch. But hey, we're here to talk about boxing, brother. Um, where do we start here? Let's start with the Zuba fight. That's the one that kind of went down first. Unfortunately, I didn't catch it, but Mr. Michaels was able to see it. What was your take on him? An absolute beatdown. He dominated from the opening bell till the ref stopped. At fourth round, he put him down. The funny part about this fight is it was at 175. But when the fight started, Ramirez was weighing 204. So he rehydrated up and put on 29 pounds. Oh, wow. But he weighed in okay, though. What's that? He weighed in, though, at 175. He weighed in, yeah, 175. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the fight happened, he put on 29 pounds. Came in at 204 and beat the crap out of him. Makes me wonder how uh, big no Bill chance. was then after that. Yeah, I didn't hear that. Um, 
you know, after he put down Basel, basically he called out Bivol, stop running Bivol, let's go. Uh, Ramirez is the mandatory challenger now for Bivol. However, the rematch clause with Canelo, most likely Canelo Bivol in September. But Canelo said, I don't know if you heard this, he said a couple of days ago, he's not sure if he's going to fight Bivol next. He's weighing it out, him or Triple G, so I don't know. Well, either way, we have a two exciting fights for Bibble on the horizon. Because I mean, and another I, I, thing, yeah, uh, De La Hoya is uh, Ramirez's promoter. He's they're going for that Mayweather record, eh? They want to get to fifty three and zero and beat Mayweather's record because you know De La Hoya and Mayweather don't like each other. Yeah, yeah, I know he's forty three and zero, eh? Quietly did his thing. I mean, uh, he hasn't beat the top some of the top guys yet, but he's getting up there now. He's making his name, you know. No, hundred percent. Actually, at some point, maybe you know, in a later episode, I would love to actually talk about. I was looking at all the guys who have zeros still, and uh, you know, just kind of break down some of these guys mm -hmm. that are out there. Like, I mean, he's sitting. Ramirez is sitting at forty three and zero. Right, that's insane. That's crazy. You know, Crawford, Spence, Fury's never lost. Yeah, exactly. So you got a wide list of guys who still walking around with a zero beside them. I would love to talk about some of those guys and see um, where they've come from or what they've done and who are the who are the opponents. Like, what's the quality? How, like, I, I look at like um, Canelo, for example, sixty four and two. Okay, granted, sixty four and two, but out of those sixty four fights, how many of the out of those? Yeah, out of those sixty wins or sixty one wins, I guess, right? Because one does he have one no contest also? He's got one draw. Yeah, so one draw and two losses. So out of 64, so 61 of those are victories. How many of those were like, you know, B or A players? Yeah, he beat up a, yeah, he beat up a few A players. Like he beat Mosley, he beat Khan. Cardo. Kodo, yeah. So he's been there the few guy, a few A players. Uh, Triple G, I guess, if you really Triple want to G, say that. Yeah, he got the one on Triple G as an right. A plus player. No, no, but, but again, nothing taking away from nothing of these guys. Because, I mean, anyone who goes into that ring at any level, mad respect, right? I mean, to be able to step in and, and to, to go face-to-face, -face, I don't care what level you are, you're you're amazing in my books as far as I'm concerned as it comes to boxing. Yeah. But um, that'd be something fun to talk about uh, later on down that, the road. To kind of wrap up the Ramirez fight. <laughs> he basically probably won't get that fight with Bivol or Canelo until probably 2023. The 2022 is coming to an end, right? So it's going yeah. to be Canelo Bivol. So he's going to have to wait about a year. Well, he probably gets a fight in between there something, you know, maybe go after Beatriz, maybe. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. But yeah, uh, uh, he, but, looked good. he was strong. He beat the crap on him. Wasn't even close. I got one more thing I want to add to that. I did catch the post-flight ring interview that he did with, um, uh, what's his name? Maddox, Chris Maddox. Mm -hmm. uh, he asked him, Maddox asked him straight, point like you know why do you think you would do better against Bivol than Canelo his answer I thought was really funny I'm bigger I'm stronger and I'm smarter <laughs> I like that people forget yeah. Canelo's a small guy he's only 5'8 five, 5'7 five, 5'8 five, he's fighting guys that are six foot six foot one and actually bigger and stronger than him right no 100% and taking nothing away from Canelo man I mean okay granted yeah the PEDs blah 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 but forget all that the guy is not afraid of the challenge to give no, him that, you have credit. to give him that, right? Yeah. I mean, if Ramirez was shotting, if Ramirez was one seventy five at weigh and then shot up to two hundred four, like you said, twenty nine pounds, dude, overnight. I I can only imagine how big Bivol was going into the actual fight. Yeah, right. I mean, he must have been close to one ninety, if not two hundred himself. Yeah, and I don't think Canelo put on any more weight. I think he had to eat just to get to one seventy five. He can barely get to that. He's so small. Right. So. 
But here we go. Let's get right into it, man. Let's talk about the two fights that kind of stood out in my mind. Uh, before we get to the main event, I love to touch on Boots, Jerome, Jerome Boots Ennis against uh, Castillo Clayton here. Uh, Castillo Clayton coming in undefeated. He was a part of the Canadian 2012 Olympic boxing team uh, out of Dartmouth, 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 Nova Scotia. Sorry, pardon me. Um, Boots is the real deal, man. I'm going to say the it straight deal. up. He came out. He he just started working his job. He started working him back. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, Clayton really had a chance from the get-go. You can see how the fight was already playing out in that first round. Uh, he broke him down and, you know, he came out in that second and he just, I it looked like a grazing shot to me, but it caught him, man. It, it didn't even look like, you know, something, you know, powerful because I didn't let out an ooh or a ah or anything when the, the punch landed. I really thought it grazed him, but it caught him and he went down and he was wobbly getting back up and he couldn't, he was done. That was it. Second round knockout. Um, I don't think we've he's seen undefeated. The... He's 27 and 0 is another guy. Yeah, he's under undefeated, and now he is the mandatory IBF challenger for Mr. Spence's titles. For the IBF title, anyways. He's the mandatory. And uh, he called him out after the fight as well. And he basically said this is the next one. He should be, but um, again, here we are. Another guy who's waiting in line for his, you know, earned shot. Man, but he looked I, good last night, eh, Boots? Holy cow. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think we've even seen, I don't think we've even scratched the surface of what this guy can do in the ring yet because all his fights have been very quick and uh, just getting out of there as fast as he can. But I guess you don't get paid by the hour on boxing, right? So I like that he called out Spence as he should, but we got to see Spence Crawford first. He needs to wait. Well, well, that has to happen. I mean, we're so close to it happening and the talk back and forth and the Charlos are getting involved into it now as well. But... Um, you know, speaking of the Charlos and Earl Spence, is it safe to say that Derek James should be trainer of the year this year, barring something so spectacular that he's the only guy, in my opinion, that should be trainer of the year? I mean, he's got one undisputed king. If he gets that fight for, for Errol with Bud, he potentially could have two kings in his camp. He's on pace to be trainer of the year for sure. I totally agree with you on that. He has to be. Like I, I just can't see anyone else coming out and being trainer of the year. Um, ben Davison, maybe, but again, I think with everything that I've seen from Davison this year, all his guys have had really hard times in their title fights. I mean, you look at Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor basically lost that fight to Cottrell. He did. He lost. I mean, it's not even a you know question. But the I mean, judges the decision, man. That's the judges sure. got it wrong. Speaking of Josh Taylor, I talked about it really quick yesterday in our Instagram post. Josh Taylor has been stripped of his WBA title. Uh, it's now considered vacant. So one king has been removed as another took his throne. Jamel Charlo is number seven on the illustrious list of undisputed champions, being the first pairs, first male to get it done at 154. Clarissa Shields has already done it at 154 in women's boxing. But uh, he is considered to be the first male to accomplish the feat. Um, I would say, you know what? This fight was awesome. It was great. Better it than was. First. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, the first one was really cool, too. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, they picked up in round 13. And uh, at round 23, this thing ended, I guess you could say, in the 10th round. First three rounds, um, 
Charlo came out. He was really good. He did a lot of things that uh, he didn't do in the first fight in the first three rounds early on. That is meaning uh, he came out. He 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 was more aggressive. Um, he he was throwing more, I think. And, uh, you know, he, he was just really being I think the aggressiveness that he didn't show early on in the first fight, he, he made up for it here in the first three rounds. I gave him 10. I gave him the first three rounds, 10, nine easy. Um, I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he knew he had to stay off the ropes. Um, yeah, he, I think, yeah, so, I mean, he was trying to push him back, but he was staying off the ropes. What I loved about this fight are the flurry of punches near the end of each round. Uh, Castano showed early on that he did have a chin. He took, he ate some shots from, from Charlo. Four, five, and six were kind of a different fight, uh, if, if you wanted to think so. I would think that the first three rounds was one type of fight then we go into four five and six which was a kind of a different fight i gave those three rounds to castano who started to kind of develop his his stance and develop his rhythm and he was kind of getting in there and he was tagging him a little bit more and whatnot putting charlo back on his back foot a bit but then we get to round seven and that's when it all changed i think so man that that's when uh, charlo kind of took over you could yeah. see the power that I talked about. It's like I said in, in the little Instagram video that I put out there early in the morning. I thought this would come down to the counter, punch, counter punching, his defense, and the power, which I think, and I'm pretty positive, you know, to believe that it's greater than Castano had. Oh, wait, um, yeah. It was wearing him out, all the heavy body shots, all the head shots. Yeah. He was turning down. He was, was feeling it. Right. He was working up and down, up and down. He was working yeah. the body with that left hook and the jab was kind of going in down there as well. So he was working the body. He was working the head. And from the seventh round, he did tag him. He did get him with the left hook that staggered Castano. And I think that changed the dynamic of the fight right there. He pushed him back with that punch and you could see he went a little wobbly, but he recovered really quick. But I think that was just the beginning of it. Eighth round was pretty much like one, two and three. He just kind of attacked, attacked and kept going now that 10th round man that was insane um again this is just a testament to charlo's power in my opinion you got a guy here in close with that left hook that just came you know like that short distant left hook the amount of power that must have been on that was insane caught him on the right spot but it was a delayed reaction which was really interesting uh he just kind of caught him he hit him you're like okay he's just like a short left hook little short little inside hook he tagged him, and I don't know, what was it, one, two to three seconds? Kind Something of like that, and Charlo kind of and pushed him down a little bit. And he just pushed like, him, yeah, kind of, and he just kind of came down, and uh, he got up. He got up, but I think the referee could have stopped it there. He was on wobbly legs at that point. I don't think he had all his senses and his faculties to him at that point. I'm kind um, of glad the ref let it go for another one because we didn't want any controversy, right? The second stoppage, like, no no doubts about it. But the first one, like, he was hurt. But in a championship fight, I'm kind of glad the ref let that go. I agree with you completely, but I think there was enough there with the wobbly legs yeah, and, you know, whatnot. I think no one... captain, like, we wanted to go. The ref stopped it early. <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. I kind of agree with that. But, um I think my thing is like if a guy's coming back dazed and you know already confused, I you know at that point you're really taking shots. You know you don't have your senses about you, and uh, that left little hook to the body is what killed him, right? That put him out, right? So that was the shot that put Brian Castano down. That was the shot that took his title away, and that's the shot that took his O away. Uh, very grace, grateful, very gracious. Uh, both guys showing respect at the end of the fight. Um, 
Yeah. Where do they go from here, huh? Well, Castano's in, it's going to take a few fights to get back in the championship uh, contenders. You know, he's got to have two, three fights. Who's going to, who Charlo's going to fight next? I'm not sure what he's going to do here. What do you think? It's early to say. I mean, it's like 154. I mean, I'm looking at Boots. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, Boots is there. I, I mean, if he really wants to, Benavides is there as well. Like, I mean, there, there's so many little options. I mean, that's the beauty of these. I guess that's the one good thing about these weight classes. One guy can go up three pounds or come down three pounds to challenge, right? So, um, I don't know yeah, yet. He, I, I, he didn't call anybody else. He said, wait and see. He didn't really, you know, he yeah. kind of left it open. I, I think he's just basking in it, man. I mean, it's an accomplishment. I mean, who do you really call out at that point? You've just taken the throw. Yeah. And you don't, you know, there's really no one I don't think you can call out at this time. No, he's got all the belts. Why would he, right? Like, right. But I mean, he said it himself. It's going to get busy now between, you know, unification fights and mandatories. I mean, the guy's going to have a busy schedule if he wants to keep all four titles. So I can I, see Trello going up to 160 eventually, too. He's a big guy. He could easily do that. He talked it. He talked about it, right? I mean, he did talk about it. He said, you know, 160. I might just do this again at 160. Yeah. Um, really hyped up in the press conference. Everything was really good. But hey, I want to talk about uh, the punch totals here really quickly, if I can, just to throw yeah. out some numbers. So Charlo threw 173 total punches out of 559, which was a 30.9% strike rate. Castano uh, landed 194 of uh, 610. Uh, on paper, he threw more punches. He had 31.8%. So the volume was greater for Castano, but the quality of the punches belonged to Charlo. Yeah. Um, jabs 31 for 256 for Charlo, 19 out of 199 for Castano, 142 power shots out of 303 for Charlo, and Castano followed that up with 175 out of 411 power shots. Uh, Charlo had the edge in percentage of power shots landed, and obviously that's where the victory kind of came from. I was kind of shocked that he was able to get the job done, but then at the same time, I wasn't. If you look at his previous rematch um, that he had, he basically dominated him as well and just finished off that fight in the 10th round. As well, or Sorry, that one finished in the 11th round as well. Um, here's an interesting thing about this fight as well. The fight was delayed. Castano was actually late getting to the arena. Yeah, I know. Um, some say it was due to the traffic, but some say he was playing, you know, mind games, trying to keep it waiting. But I don't think that would have benefited him coming late. You know, it just, I, I think it was that... California traffic is brutal, man. It's yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Well, there was a lot going on where they were fighting as well. Uh, talking to one of our friends from the show, uh, ESPN, ESPN cameraman who covers a lot of the boxing and whatnot. We met him in Vegas, actually. I've uh, been talking to him a lot as well. And we're kind of, you know, working to see if we can get him on the show to give us a perspective of behind the camera. So that's kind of cool. He was telling me that he was uh, doing the Galaxy game, uh, the MLS Galaxy team in LA. They're yeah. in the same sport complex where the fight was taking place. So what they basically do is take the tennis courts and convert it into a boxing stadium. So one end of this... About 7,000 people. So it was... Yeah. Intimate, very intimate, you know, and this, this could have been done at T-Mobile. This could have been done anywhere. I mean, if you wanted to go to Houston and have this again, but um, the first fight was in Houston, I guess. So they had to move the venue, but an intimate venue for an amazing historical night. Uh, 
do you think him coming late, not getting a proper warm up and stuff, kind of affected him? It could have a little bit, yeah. But I, I don't think if he was there on time, I don't think it would have mattered. Charlo was going to take this fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I don't. I don't think that Castano. He's a class act. He wasn't trying to come late to play mind games. The traffic is brutal. Like you said, the Galaxy game is going on. California traffic. So I don't think it was done intentionally. Well, I mean, just down the road, 40 minutes away, you had the Triller pay-per-view as well, where the Vargas boys were all fighting. Um, Ovalev. Uh, both the Pulev brothers were fighting as well. That 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 was a family affair card type of a deal. I unfortunately wasn't able to catch all of it, but I did catch the last fight of the night between Kovalev and Pulev. Now, this was an interesting one, too. So, Big Pulev, who fought before his younger brother, um, had to give his reserve gloves to his opponent because he didn't have gloves. I didn't see that fight. Yeah. So the fight, so what happened was, is before Pulev came out to fight Kovalev, the gloves that his brother wore in the fight before, he gave to him to wear. Okay. So they had to wait for him to give the gloves, get them changed, put them on his hands, and he came out with those gloves. Now, that being said, this was a really hard fight to watch, only for the fact after watching this back and forth thriller between Castano and um, and Charlo, and even the Boots fight before it, it was really and all the other fights that were there as well. Because I mean, we, we had a full slate of fights here. Um, Kovalev dominated; he won. He, I, he won nine rounds to nine rounds to one. Um, it was really no contest at, at a cruiserweight. Kovalev looked good as a cruiserweight. I wouldn't say he's top echelon or anything there yet but um he won i'm gonna leave it at that i really don't have much more to add to that it, it wasn't a spectacular fight per se it wasn't um anything that you would remember the next morning unfortunately no disrespect to the two guys in there again but it was what it was and it was unfortunate because if you didn't see the fight before that could have been you know somewhat exciting and for me it, it was just Kind of watching like paint dry. Yeah, well, Kovalev, he's older now. His best days behind him. Yeah, yeah. No, I still, enjoy, I still enjoy watching him, but yeah. Those other yeah. two fights were bigger and guys were younger and more exciting, you know? So, no, for sure, for sure. So, all in all, uh, the month just keeps getting better and better here, man. Uh, we got Benavides and um, coming up next week and the Mew coming up next week. Right after that, we got Tank Davis and Romero coming up as well. So that's that's going to kind of close out the month of May. And then we go into the super fight. That's what the, I'm waiting for. The fight from down under. Um, Dave, Devin Haney and George Cambuso Jr. for all the stripes. So here we are, man. Not even within three weeks, we're going to get number eight done. And we're going to have another undisputed king, hopefully, crowned. What do you got in that one? I'm. I don't want to bet against George, but I think it's going to be Haney. Yeah. Um, I I think only for the fact that he fought a very emotional team of female. Um, I I think that fight would have been different if Timo had come into the fight a little different with his mindset and, and the way seriously and train properly well yeah absolutely you know if you really want to say it that way absolutely that's what it had to come down to I, I think he looked at him as light work I think he he looked at him as someone that um 
he thought it would just be a quick, quick in and out and, you know, go on from there. Um, you know, and, and, and I don't, you know, I've thought about this a little bit now. It's, it's hard to kind of doubt where Timo was coming from in that fight against Camboso because beating Lomo is no easy task. No. Right? So even though Lomo had a bad day, even though Lomo came out and, you know, wasn't Lomo for that night and uh, lost, I mean, it's going to do wonders for one's ego and, and um, confidence going into any fight after that, right? So I can't fault him, but that's where training and that that's where that mental part of the training kind of comes in. And, uh, you know, all the best to Timo. I, I, I can't wait to see him fight again. I think he's going to come back renewed. I Super think nice guy. Back Super nice yeah, no, 100%. After meeting him as well, you know, it, it's kind of hard to doubt. Like, you know, it just makes me think now. Like, okay, let's look at all the factors going into it, right? Um, I don't, you know, and... I, this is without no disrespect. I just don't think his dad in his corner is the right call. No, in my opinion, I think that that kind of hurt him as well, right? I, his dad's voice shouldn't be louder than his. Totally right? agree. His dad, his dad is out of line, big time. You're right, and I think that cost him a lot too. I think a lot of what his dad put into his head and and whatnot. Again, I'm only speculating. You know, without talking to him himself and understanding where he came from with his mindset. So, Timo, if you are listening, we want to get you on here, bro. Um, but we got to so, tell it like it is, though. But yeah. 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 So, you know, so I, I think I think I see that a little bit in George now with the ego and everything and, you know, calling Haney boy and kid. I mean, those are no-nos in boxing. You don't do that. Haney's a favorite in this fight. I mean, he's a, he's a betting favorite. Campos is an underdog, a slight underdog. But the thing about Cambosa, man, he's got that heart of a lion. He trains hard. He works hard. I've even watching his training videos. This guy's conditioning is second to none. So, I mean, I'm going to give the edge to Cambosa because he's in his backyard. But in saying that, no, we could go either way. Yeah, no, 100%. So, like I said, I mean, at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, I'm going to go Haney because I just think the skill level is better. I think he is all round better. Uh I think George is amazing. I'm taking nothing away from George Cambosa. I think he's an amazing fighter. I, I just think that I've got to cheer for Pocky as stablemate, right? That's my, that's my favorite fight. I got to go for Cambosa because from no, Pocky, yeah, so. no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I I agree with you completely. I wouldn't be disappointed in either way, and I would not be surprised with an outcome either way either. So just to make that clear, but that crowd's going to be wild, dude. They're going to be livid, and they're going to be hostile. It's going to be an amazing crowd. They're going to be mm -hmm. jacked up. Yeah, I know it's going to be fun, and it's going to be really cool because it's going to be in prime time here. So they're staggering it all so they can have it here in prime time. Oh, nice! That'll be good. So yeah, so maybe advantage to uh, Haney then a little bit, right? Because yeah, they did have a hockey fought Jeff Moore in Australia to staggered it so we could watch it here at proper time, which is good. Well, what time would it be in Australia then? It's probably early in the. I don't know. Were they eight hours ahead of us? No, no, dude. They're almost like six almost close to between 19 and 21 hours ahead so they'll be fighting you know early 10 11 sunday morning. sunday morning yeah be, the fight would be sunday morning i think yeah. i don't don't quote us on that man um so yeah so that's basically what's going to be coming down here uh in the next little while in the world of boxing it's going to be fun man it's going to be fun super excited man was well, a few more big fights coming up after these couple fights in june there's not much yet but we'll see what happens september is going to be big because canelo's fighting on the 17th right yeah yeah 
Yeah, we no, definitely. Bibble or Triple G, we'll find out. Probably Bibble, but we'll see. I'm I'm kind of hoping we're there for that one. Yeah, it's those tickets will be five six hundred bucks easily. Just to get you know in. what though, for that price, it's okay. I think uh, it all well five hundred six five six hundred depending where you want to sit. I guess right. I mean, no, that's for top bowl. Oh, that's top bowl, eh? Well, yeah. So as I was saying before, Canelo versus Bivol, the cheapest seat in the MGM was four fifty American. Wow. Where we sat for the Valdez Stevens yeah, yeah, fight, yeah, 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 yeah. four fifty. Bivol well, rematch two. Up if it's Triple G, it won't be in Vegas. It's gonna be at SoFi Stadium because that's a bigger fight. But if it's in SoFi Stadium, then the tickets would also be cheaper. I mean, it's yeah, the capacity, yeah, you get the capacity and whatnot. But hey, like I said, either way. That's the goal. That's what we're kind of aiming for. So, um, you know, we, we, we also want to catch history. We want to be there for history. So this is why I say like and subscribe. So we are able to go and do these things and get the coverage and all, you know, the good stuff that you guys want to see uh, out to you. So, um, yeah, I know uh, an exciting night of fights. I, I can't complain. All the right people won across the board, in my opinion. Um yeah, you know, unfortunately, I would have loved to seen a bit more of Boots and Castillo go. Uh, I, I I don't think Castillo is a bad fighter. I just think he got caught. Um, so I want to see more of him. I want to be able to see where he kind of goes from here as well, how he rebounds. I mean, you yeah. got to take in mind, that's the first time I think he's been knocked out, and that's the first time he's ever been knocked out. So, you, you know, a lot of firsts for him as well. His first loss, his first knockdown, you know. So... It, let's see where this all kind of goes and where, where we kind of where everyone kind of plays a part as we go along here first half of the year has been heavy man i hope the second half kind of produces the same kind of um momentum and energy here so let's just keep this uh awesome boxing stuff going on here man i think they're listening to us because we're starting to see more and more of the fights that we want to see that need to be made yeah there's still some big ones coming they'll make it we're going to see button spans and we'll see Canelo Bivol or Canelo Triple G. So there's still some big ones to come. And we yeah. got the music fight coming up. Actually, oh, we totally forgot about that. You might do that in Saudi Arabia, eh? I think that's going to happen in Saudi in July. Yeah. Yeah, so so July, we we have that. And then um, I'm still waiting to find out what's going to happen with Tyson Fury, if he's retired or not, if they're taking the belt from him or whatnot. I think they need to figure that out pretty soon, too. So if these guys yeah. fight in July and if... Um, if Fury decides to fight, say, in August or September, if he decides to come back. I'll tell you right now, Joshua and Music better hope Fury retires because they beat the crap out of both of those guys. Either one of them will pound him. And uh, he, they, they're probably hoping he goes away because uh, he'll sm Music is small. Fury will crush him, dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. I don't know where they're going to go with that. I mean, who would do who? If Fury retires, who who fights for that to belt? I think Deontay well, would have to be one. Boxing, but he's not retiring from fighting. He's fighting... Um, Nagano. Nagano. And then he, he said that he would love to do some stuff for WWE as well. Yeah. Speaking of wrestling very quickly. Uh, so we have a lot of cool stuff happening this week in the world of wrestling, some local shows. And uh, so we're going to touch on that on the next wrestling podcast here for you guys. Uh, we, we have some, a couple of local shows that are happening here. We'll, we'll get in more detail on that. Which and we'll also this Saturday. Yeah, we, we got a show this Saturday, and I believe we have one this Sunday as well that we're going to go be checking out as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into more details on who the players are, what the shows are, 
and uh, we'll get that out to you guys as well. So anyone who is here locally in Vancouver and you're looking for something to do this long weekend, yes, Chance Michaels, we are going into a long weekend. Um, so if that, that works out well, and if you guys are around, we'd love to see you guys there and come and check out these shows. But again, we'll let you know about, more about this uh, as the week progresses. Chance, what do you think overall? Good weekend of boxing? Yeah, it was very exciting. I enjoyed it. Some really good fights. I got it. My other's one game seven. So it's been a good weekend for me. Yeah, I know. Great weekend all the way around. Um, anything you want to add? Anything you want to throw out there before we sign off here for the day? Yeah, we're going to do uh, Chance's top five if you're ready for it. I'm ready for Chance's top five. And guys, keep this in mind. I have no idea what the top five is. Everything we do on the show, ladies and gentlemen, is unscripted. There's not much. We prep ourselves and study ourselves, but we don't talk to each other what we're going to say because it's, it's more natural it's more organic this way so the odd time we'll touch back and say hey this is a quick format a quick rundown of what we're going to talk about but we mm -hmm. don't actually sit there and talk about what we saw i like it well, that i don't way. know what you're going to say you don't know what i'm going to say it makes it that way that it's more natural reaction this way 100 100 okay. so okay hit me with the top five man well, any era any time if you could see what would be your top five fighters you wish you could see live in their prime any era dead or alive Marvin Hagler, number one, just because I am deeply in love with him. I love Marvin Hagler. He's the reason I love boxing. Okay. Uh, Muhammad Ali, number two. Obviously, I, if I could be at any fight, I probably want to see him and Foreman just for the atmosphere, just, just for that. Yeah. Um, number three fight that I wish I could have been at. Ah. Uh, so enough fights per se, just guys it who, is any right? Fighter. Oh, any it. fighter. All right. So sorry, man. I went up. I started thinking of a particular fight. So Hagler, Ali, um, Tyson Fury. I, I would love to have seen him box. Uh, I've never seen him fight. Um, Sugar Ray. And um, Roy Jones. It's a good list, man. Let's yeah, Roy Jones. I mean, I, I, I want to see... Joe Lewis fight too, and I wanted to see Sonny. So I mean, it's it's never ending. But if I had to pick five guys, yep, those would be the five that I'd probably want to go see, definitely. And yeah, all of those five guys, if I only could pick one, I'd go Hagler. Yeah, he's exciting, man. Super exciting. Yeah. One of the most exciting fighters ever. One hundred percent. What about you? Uh, Pocky, which I've done many, many times. Uh, Arturo Gotti, uh, Roy Jones. Um, Fury, yeah, for the newer guys, current guys, and and you know, I was always a fan of De La Hoya. I have to say, De La Hoya. I know, you know, I no, was, no. I, you know, when he was fighting Vargas in 2 and they had that good beef and they're talking smack. I was excited for that fight. So De La Hoya, De La Hoya as a boxer was one of the most cerebral, oh yeah, artists in that ring, in my opinion. There's only one time I ever cheered against De La Hoya, and that was in 07 when, when Pacquiao finished his career. But other than that, I was always a huge fan of him. No, he's always been scientific. I mean, that's the thing. Um, you know, shout out to my dad. The one thing that he instilled on me, instilled in me, was um, the science, the science of boxing. You know, it's like anyone could come out and be a brawler and you know throw wild punches, but to know what punches you want to throw four or five punches ahead is is greatness. Yeah. And De La Hoya was one of those guys that could map out his punches ahead. 
And, you know, in his time, in his prime, when he was, you know, at the top of his game, he was amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, he was one like, of the first prize fighters. He's made, made all that money, but, yeah. you know, made boxing big. He was, he was huge in the 90s no. and early 2000s. No, he was great. At, 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 as a boxer, he was great. And unfortunately, like Rick James said, cocaine is a hell of a drug. And, uh, you know, you're seeing a different De La Hoya. And it's unfortunate because that's the image that people have. He put, on a good, he, is. he put on a good fight last night with the Ramirez fight. That was his promotion, Golden Boy. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. But I mean, Golden Boy's taken a lot of hits because of his personal choices, right? The way he's been acting as an individual. Yeah. I think that's the sad part because that's not the De La Hoya I grew up with watching. Yeah, we're just talking about him as a boxer, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I wish people who have a negative attitude or a negative connotation against De La Hoya... You know, go back and watch some of his fights. Go back and watch him as an individual back in that time, and you'll see a very different guy. Um, I, I think the drugs, the alcohol, and all that kind of stuff that kind of kind of took over afterwards is kind of what people are seeing now. I mean, I think was it that Jake Paul or was it the Tyson fight on the trailer card where he came in and did some of the commentating? And yeah, it was. Yeah, he was just completely right. hosed, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that's just an unfortunate thing because that just kind of takes away from what he was and you know unfortunately people don't remember yesterday they only see what's in front of them right it's too bad you know take so many headshots as a boxer we don't know what kind of brain damage he has and that's affected and altered his brain chemistry to make him want to get hammered all the time because when he was training he wasn't they didn't say he wasn't partying really like the, all the coke and the booze he has now he was focused on his train on his training but since he retired he just i don't know I think a lot of that has to come down to exactly what you said, not being able to train, not having something coming up. And, all, you know, when you live that kind of life where your adrenaline is constantly going, maybe for a fight or training for a fight or just in that mindset, um, the natural endorphins and the chemicals that your body will produce, you know, it stops producing and Absolutely. you're looking for that rush. Yeah. So if you don't handle it the right way, if you don't deal with the right way, the first thing you're going to go to are the chemicals, man. Mm. And the chemicals and are going to give you that feeling. He absolutely destroyed my one of my heroes, Arturo Gotti, in 2001. He beat the crap out of him, finished him, knocked him down. I was like, man, that's when I really noticed. Like, this guy's, he's amazing. Yeah, no, I, he, he's he a made deal. Arturo Gotti looked like a B-level fighter as far as skills go, huh? It was crazy. Did he catch Arturo, though, near the end of his career? Or was, the, was he in his prime? Oh, no, Arturo was only 29 when he fought him. Mm. Well, we're just getting started all right man well that, that was pretty good I'm, that's really fun um looking forward to what's coming up here in the next little while guys thank you so much for taking the time uh for listening to us i really really appreciate it here in vancouver it is raining and dreary so here you go man here's something to listen to curl up in your blankets uh grab your favorite snacks Thank you for letting us into your ears. I am Bobby Sampson, joined Chance with Michaels. Chance Michaels. Chance, what do you got to say, man? In the words of the great ACDC, those who download the podcast, watch the podcast, share with your friends, like, and subscribe, we salute you. Yes, guys, thank you so much. Listen, this is Sunday. We're starting the week. So everyone, have a great start to the week. Have a safe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and enjoy. Till we get to the weekend again. Be safe, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Sap and chance out.